Thank you, everybody. So I'd like to call on stage Giuseppe Guillo, who is the CEO of Ux, and Fabian Hemmert, coming back on stage. And, uh, well, for, who is a, for anybody that is a venture capital, uh, this is actually a dream becoming a reality. I remember some years ago in, the, in our venture capital firm, actually the one that funded my startup, also Ux was hanging around. And now it's not a startup anymore. It's about 15, 13 years later. It's a 1.5 billion company operating globally, leader in the e-commerce space on a global basis. And it's probably one of the most, if not the most successful Italian startup, now a big company uh, globally. So I'd like to start off with you, Giuseppe. And uh, well, of course, I mean, you know, is there a secret that you can tell us for the success of Ux that we can copy? A secret? Uh, well, thank you for the introduction. And uh, just to add a bit in terms of Ux, today Ux uh, operates uh, 39 online stores in fashion and design, and we operate both our own multi-brand uh, sites such as Ux.com, The Corner, or Shoescribe, but we also build and manage the online stores for major fashion brands, including Armani, Bottega Veneta, and we have 36 of these online stores in over 100 markets. I think that uh, it's not easy to answer this question in a simple way, but probably what the secret to our success has been, first of all, sticking to our mission. Back in 2000, we viewed ourselves as wanting to become the global internet retailing partner for brands, and that's what we were able to achieve. We focused in one industry, which is the fashion industry. We focused on being partners, whether in the life cycle of a product, meaning buying end of season or buying current season, but also supporting brands in managing their online stores and being global. So sticking to our mission has been definitely a success factor. The other success factor has been probably listening to our customers because in an industry which is changing continuously, you need to be able to put yourself under discussion. And the only way you can do that is by listening what your customers are saying. So listening to their inputs, both brands and final customers, has been probably a key of our success. Yeah, so that leads me to the question that I have. Uh, so you, you have millions of people coming to your stores every month, every week, every day, and, uh, and we see a shift in the technology use. I mean, you, initially it was like a couch potato, let's say, kind of experience, and now we're going into a mobile, sometimes even a mobile-first kind of an experience. So what kind of difference or shift have you seen in the behavior of people interacting with your stores? The, the mobile advent, which is actually the smartphone advent, because obviously mobile phones were present even before Internet became mainstream technology. But ultimately, back in 2009 and 2010, that was when the advent of smartphones came. And uh, they're actually changing radically the overall landscape when it comes to commerce. In other words, just to share some numbers of a Comscore study, one in every three minutes spent on a phone has been used to navigate online. And uh, in Europe, one in seven phones are used to actually do commerce. So what you're realizing is the way consumers are actually interacting with this instrument is changing a lot the way we operate. And it's changing also our business. In a country like Italy, for example, we noticed that while with desktop, users were usually buying during office hours. 
So people were buying while they were in the office. And uh, with the advent of smartphones, we started realizing that people are actually buying in the evening or on weekends. It's also bridging the gaps between broadband penetration and commerce, because obviously we are a country less broadband connected than other countries. But thanks to the mobile phone, we're realizing that the percent of sales coming from mobile compared to other countries is much greater in Italy. So overall, today, we have roughly about 30% of visitors coming to our sites are actually coming through mobile phones. And therefore, the way we look at it needs to be effective and change because we project probably arriving to 50% within a few years. So, Fabian, we were talking just before and how, let's say, shopping in the real world is an emotional experience while shopping in an online world is kind of like a rational experience. Mm. And you come from the gaming and, you know, interaction business. You know, is there anything that can be learned to make more emotional uh, their experience or we're going to be stuck with, you know, kind of like a rational, you know, uh, very kind of like a direct kind of uh, experience in the e-commerce space? I know you don't deal with that stuff, but there is a lot probably that we can learn from the gaming space. Yeah, maybe. I mean, right now we use, when we speak about computers and mobile especially, we use the word experience a lot, user experience. But of course, human experience is much more than a small screen and touch. We have, we can, like here, we feel the atmosphere, we smell, we, we feel a whole lot of things that are currently not covered in any of these devices. And so I think our concept of experience in the context of computers, it's a very narrow one. And maybe that will change in the future. Maybe it will not. Maybe we will go back to the real world. Well, for example, I mean, if, if we've seen, you know, many ideas and many examples of interaction with different kind of interfaces, voice, uh, video, probably maybe that could be an, an area that, you know, when, when, the, when the store starts to talk to you and can, and can you know, kind of like create a different environment, maybe that will change. I don't know if you've seen any experiments of that that you can tell us about or anything interesting. Mm. You're not focusing really... Sorry, what? No, I just was wondering if, you know, in this multi-sensory, you know, multi-sensor kind of like envir interaction environments, do you think this is something that's going to impact in e-commerce? For example, voice yeah. on the web. But why simulate it? Why can't we just go to the real store? Like a real, yeah. real person. <laughs> I see. So, I mean, uh, I'm not, uh, I mean, online shopping has some great advantages, and that's quick and uh, not impulsive. We talked about that before. But it's quick and it's very easy. But sometimes I just want to go to a real store, and I think there's nothing bad about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, in fact, in e-commerce, there's a lot of that kind of an experience. You go online to kind of like yeah. do your shopping list, and then you actually go offline to actually do it. By the way, but the uh, but, the, but mobiles are actually converging the two worlds. In other words, when you're thinking of a desktop, I agree, you're on your internet and then suddenly you turn off the desktop, you walk in a store. Now that you have a mobile phone, that difference merges. In other words, suddenly you have access to the internet while in a store. And we're designing technologies such as concepts such as augmented visual merchandising. It means that customers can use the phone to gather information of a specific product inside the store. Or they can receive uh, information or solicitation to buy while walking close to the store. So now there is a convergence among the two worlds, the offline and the online world, because of this device. And we will see that more and more as the years go by. Yeah, that's right. Oh, there is another, let's say, mega trend that we've seen, of course, in the last years, which is the social experience. How is that having an impact on, on your business? And 
on the behavior of people that come into the store? Well, what, what we're seeing is definitely we're seeing a consumer which is, uh, we can say, hyperlinked, uh, meaning he's able to interact uh, with social channels, seek information across different sources of information online. He becomes a bit more indifferent in terms of the channel itself. They see a product online, they can decide to go and buy it on a store. They see a product in a store, they want to gather information online. So the way that that's going to affect the industry, I think, is through what is called omnichannel. In other words, the convergence and seeing the physical retail store as a service point or integrated to the e-commerce channel is something that is going to grow more and more. We see this in more mature economies such as the U.S. and the U.K., where the concept of cross-channel, meaning integration among channels, and then when you add the different mobile channels, that's why we call it omnichannel, but we see that much more advanced in these economies. And within these economies, in the world of fashion, we see that department stores tend to have a much closer integration and they're much more advanced when it comes to this cross-channeling compared to physical stores. But the trend is going to be changing the paradigm between the offline and the online way of selling and probably finding complementarities among the two. Fabian, I just... Coming back to your, you know, to your talk before, I mean, I was very intrigued by what you were saying, and you talked a little bit about fear. So what is the biggest fear that you have that we got in front of us that technology is, you know... I mean, I would be very interested in learning more about the psychological side effects of how we consume information today. Because we kind of overconsume. I like to stay in the fast food metaphor. And it's like unhealthy eating, but with information. And there are some really interesting studies. They put, for example, some, uh, some people into an MRT scanner, scanned their brain, and they, um, they were scrolling down their Facebook wall, basically. And the same regions in the brain fired as with gambling addicts just before the, the, the slot machine, ding, 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 does that. So it's the, the potential in the brain that tells you, okay, stay on this. Something good could happen. So it's really addictive in the brain. And... And also another study showed that social media makes us unhappy because we see a biased version of other people's lives because everybody just posts, oh, my life is great, this great food, this is my great new stuff, and so on. And we, own, we see our own lives like with the real eyes, and that's like, oh, it's normal, I'm normal, everybody else is great, and that makes us unhappy. So I would be interested in seeing the, the long-term effects of this behavior. I don't think it's good. Yeah, we need technology to make us happy. I mean, you were, you exactly. were pretty, yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes we forget about it that. It works, yeah, <laughs> in the short term. We were before looking at this talk, and I, you were also pretty intrigued uh, by, you know, the stuff that he was saying. So what do you think about it? You know, what you've seen, you know, mobile phones, they start to move, they start to react, objects that, you know, instead of consuming, we consume, they consume us. Well, I have a bit less of uh, an extremist view. I think that ultimately we also adapt and are smart enough to understand the limits of all of this and also interpret what the information is all about. And uh, we're just realizing now that we have access to information in such a simple and a much stronger way, which is affecting our way of taking decisions. But bottom line, we're still taking decisions based on a rational approach. So all this information, we're also able to filter it and realizing. And the example is, I think, going out of e-commerce pure, but the concept of TripAdvisor, the fact that consumers are giving feedback on restaurants, on hotels, 
we're also smart enough to understand that those feedbacks can be piloted. Mm -hmm. And therefore, what will happen is that overall, our ability of interpreting the data and realizing the effectiveness of this will also influence our behavior itself. But if it's true now, as we saw before, that you know, the room is the new computer, so True. now the shop is going to be your new computer True. environment. It's not going to be a screen. It's not going to be a mobile phone anymore. You know, how are, gonna be, you, how, how are you going to be able to deal with that? Is there a... It's the convergence of the two. So we're still dealing with it, whether it's uh, buying online, buying offline. Suddenly you will be buying, and it doesn't matter if it's online or offline. And you might have stronger and tighter integration among the inventories. Online, online operates very well e-commerce with a centralized inventory. Offline retailers operate with a decentralized inventory. Suddenly you can operate with the two, meaning have light inventory in the stores, very vast assortment online, and build the logistics that is able to bring those products to the stores in time for a consumer to actually buy it. So, Ultimately, I agree, the shop will become a computer, and the concept of augmented visual merchandise is that concept. In other words, you will have live information of a product, of a feature, in a store, as you're in the store itself. So, Fabian, what does this suggest to you? I mean, so the next shop could be just a, let's say, fun environment that's going to, you know, supposed to make us very happy so that, and then the products will come to us. I mean, what I would wish for, maybe, if I would want to use Google Glass or something, would be like something that removes all the products I don't want. It's, like, it's rather too much information. I would want something that filters out all the stuff I don't need, and then uh, maybe I can take a deeper look, and not only a quick one, at the stuff that might interest me. So we could, we could have a shop anywhere, frankly. It's just going to be a very nice environment you yeah. know, that we can interact with. But I think the ultimate, what is the key driver here? I think that uh, the key driver is actually speed. Whether it's physical world, we have always tried to reach places in a faster way. So fast trains, fast planes, uh, fast information. And information is the same. Having the store, having speed of access to information, that's what you're actually driving to. So I think the common denominator is ultimately speed. It's speed. Okay, well, you know, I, I'm really wondering what's going to be the future of commerce, you know. What's your frontier for, in, you know, this kind of frontier of innovation for e-commerce? What do you think is going to be the next? Well, the as, next I said, as I said earlier, one of the key, I think one of the key convergences between the online and offline commerce. So omni-channeling is definitely going to be the trend when it comes to interaction between retail, offline and online. We see trends also in terms of actual uh, sites online. The world, many websites, fashion sites typically used to have what is called the experience site versus the e-commerce site. So the experience site is where brands could showcase their products, they could put videos, interviews, and then there was an area of the website which was the e-commerce site. That is converging. We're building technologies that arouse users to actually build pages where you have both elements of e-commerce and elements of experience. So that element is also going to be a convergence. The other trend is going to be actually apps, apps compared to mobile sites. Once at the beginning when apps were coming out and apps, you would actually have the same functionalities on the website on the apps. I see trends where that will actually change. Apps will be more information, algorithm-based, information-driven, while websites will be more commerce. So there's going to be these kinds of interactions that we have to look at. And as I said earlier, just being able to put your decisions under review continuously because things may change. And Fabian, the future of products, having emotions? 
I just thought about it. Um, for me, the, it's not the future of commerce that interests me, but rather the future of piracy. If it's like 3D printing in every home, why can't I just download the thing I want, print it myself? So it's like do-it-yourself products, rather. And that will revolutionize how we buy stuff. Well, guys, there's a lot of stuff here. So I guess, uh, Leandro, we're going to have to come back 10 years down the line and see what's going to be really on the frontier. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank guys. You. Thank you. Thank you.